Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Well, um, good morning, everyone. So I don't normally speak on, you know, Sunday mornings. It's been a while, and so obviously when I'm thinking, what am I going to talk about? Because I'm obviously interested in a variety of things, right? I mean, there's so much going on. But I felt that I should tell my story of how I became a believer in Jesus. And there's a, different ways to say a believer in Jesus. You know, how did, how did I receive Christ? Or, or how did I have faith? Or how was I born again? And, you know, there's no life without a birth, right? I don't know uh, many of you uh, very well at all, but I do know one thing. You have a birthday, right? Is that true? You got a birthday? (laughs) Mine's February 13th, and I love gift cards to coffee shops and ribeye steaks, but expensive, but you've got six months to save, right? Um, But anyway, there's no life without a birth. And the same is true for our spiritual lives. We need a spiritual birth. The the Bible reveals that, you know, we're we're not born with faith. We're we're born and we have a natural birth. And then, by God's grace, we can actually have a spiritual birth. And actually, Jesus tells us, we have to be born again. You must be born again. He told Nicodemus that. And Nicodemus was like a leader in the church. He was um, well-educated. Well, I say the church. I'm sorry. He was a Jewish man. And so for Judaism, he was a leader. And he knew a lot of things about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, But Jesus had to say, this is the next step. You need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and you need to be born again. And this was uh, something that uh, happened to me a number of years ago. But I think it's really important sometimes that we tell our stories because sometimes you can assume, well, I guess they always thought like that, or or I guess it was, you know, I get you married the preacher, so you have to believe. And, and actually, that would have been a deal breaker. I could not have been a pastor's wife if I myself did not have an encounter with Jesus. Woo, right? <laughs> you know, if you've been in the church a long time, um, <laughs> that'd be tough. Uh, so I just wanted to relate uh, some of my story. Um, it's, it's, there's events in it that are... New Testament, you know, like the signs and wonders and stuff. And it happened over the course of a year in 1984. Can you pull up my slide? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so these events happened, and uh, I had uh, these encounters with the Holy Spirit. And I, but I want you to know that I mean, it's been a long time since 1984, right? <laughs> so. Uh, it's going to sound kind of like, whoa, I mean, is, is, this, is this what goes on all the time? No, 
No, not at all. Uh, it was a way that, that Jesus could bring me out of the pit that I was in. Uh, I think some people believe without having any kind of supernatural things happen. In fact, I heard a story about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is this amazing pastor in Germany. Um, Eric Metaxas uh, wrote a book about his life um, because Eric was relating that he himself had had some supernatural things. But he said, you know, in all my readings about Bonhoeffer, I never saw that he, you know, had much happen in terms of like transrational or supernatural things. But he was born again, and he was committed. He, he uh, wrote the book, The Cost of Discipleship. So uh, I, I want to be balanced in what I'm saying. Uh, there's enough in nature. There's enough in historical evidence that you can be a believer, you know, even if uh, you're not confronted necessarily with the power of God. But I was in such a pit I had to I had to have something more. And that's where the mercy is. Because you can't tell yourself all the time to believe. Right? I mean, once you're a believer and you have a foundation that you do believe the, the scripture is the word of God, you can kind of build your faith on, okay, I know this is the word of God. I, this particular scripture I'm having trouble believing. But I know it's the word of God, so that kind of gives you a springboard. But if you don't even know if it's the word of God, there's not much to work with, right? So I want to um, start by reading a scripture from Matthew. Oh, here's my, I like my title slide, Close Encounters of the Divine Kind. So, um, well, some of you are old enough that you know Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was UFOs, so, but I did not... Uh, see UFOs in 1984 and Waco. That did not happen, but I'm going to tie it all together. That one word, divine, changes everything. (laughs) Um, It was actually, the things that happened to me were in this scripture, and they're called the powers of the age to come. The powers of the age to come. So at one point, the the things that we think are so cool with uh, signs and wonders and miracles... It will be like water and sun and moon and, you know, now we're, we're in the not yet. But sometimes he brings the not yet, the powers of the age to come, to visit us here in the now to rescue us from, normally it's a, very, it's a huge stronghold of unbelief. So I had a really bad uh, struggle with unbelief. I was actually raised in the church and uh, I, I knew... Um, the basic teaching of the New Testament, I absolutely did. Um, but uh, from, for various reasons during high school uh, and as I entered college, there were these, you know, mindsets and, and ideas that I was exposed to that uh, I had just caused so much doubt. Also, I was involved in sinful activities, and that's, that's like a blinding influence on your soul. So sometimes that can cause unbelief. There's a lot of different reasons, right? But anyway, so <clears throat> I'd like to just uh, kind of describe to you, you know, what happened in that first year, and also let you know that after, after that first year, things kind of calmed down. I had to 
live my uh, life of faith with in community, listening to Bible teachers, studying the scripture. There wasn't, you know, bells and whistles, right, <laughs> all the time. There's some interventions that happen uh, at various times, but, um, but you know, it's good to say, wow, okay, well, that, you know, that can happen to someone. And, uh, and just, I just had a feeling that maybe this was what I was supposed to do, so I hope that I was correct about that. Um, so, in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, so that's that first scripture, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, since you don't know or you don't understand the scriptures nor the power of God. Oh, thank you. Um, so, in this, let me give a little context for this. They were fussing or having an argument about something theological. I think it was the resurrection. And they were arguing and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it's this, it's that. And I I don't think any of them knew what was going on, right? But Jesus kind of entered the conversation, and he said, you're in error um, about the topic that you're discussing. It's because you don't understand the Scripture nor the power of God. So I feel that Jesus gives us kind of like the two main reasons um, that people fail to understand Christianity. Um, one is they've, uh, they don't really know what the Bible teaches actually. They have some concepts here or there, but maybe they've never read the New Testament. Or, you know, they ha- in other words, they don't really understand the message. That's like a knowledge deficit. Or the second deficit is they have no experience of God's power. And um, so with those two double whammies, they're confused. And um, I see that uh, in, in, you know, society today. I'm, I'm, and for so many people, I just want to say, oh, I just wish they'd just read through the New Testament just just once. You're a smart guy. I listen to you on TV, whatever. Read through the New Testament just once. <laughs> and then pray that God will reveal himself to you. Um, but anyway, so uh, I think that's good to think about. You know, uh, you don't understand the scriptures nor the power of God. And realize that if the scripture says that he's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance, then He's already given his yes to deliver us from whatever it would be that would keep us from being born again. I really believe that. So for some people, they don't need maybe as much uh, intervention. Maybe they don't have demons, you know. <laughs> maybe they don't have, you know, some of the things that, that others need to be delivered up. But whatever it is that keeps you from that place that you want to be with in God, uh, I, I just, the scripture reveals if, um, if he says that he is not willing that any should perish and he wants us to come to repentance, then he knows repentance is a gift. So whatever it takes to get us to be able to respond in repentance, I feel that he's um, willing. And so that's what I want to encourage you with today. So in 1984, I was a freshman um, at Baylor University, and um, <clears throat> I um, 
let's see, I was 19, yeah, mm-hmm. and I had, it, it's, I see this as a work of the Holy Spirit, actually. I had become very concerned that I would know whether or not the Bible was true, um, and I think it's because, you know, I don't know if y'all know much about Baylor, but it's a Baptist school, and back in 1983, Everybody went to church every Sunday. So I'd go to church, and it would kind of make me feel kind of hollow inside because I thought, I would like to believe this, but I don't, or I, I don't know what I believe, or I don't know how to get it all together, right? Yeah. And um, so it actually kind of made me more depressed to, to go to church. And um, so I began to pray that year. Um, Actually, you know, you say, well, you prayed. Well, this was the only prayer I prayed. I didn't pray about any, anything else. I had no faith. But I said, God, if you're out there, could you just do something to help me uh, believe in you? You know, I just, I, I'm trying, but, I mean, could you help me? And I would just maybe utter that prayer when I was, like, at a real point of honesty. You know, you're living your life, whatever. But sometimes you get to that real when rubber meets the road. And so I prayed that prayer a number of different times. And then at the end of the semester, um, the last week of school, in fact, um, I was studying for a calculus final. And I uh, went to some building, you know, to get notes or whatever. And I, um, I noticed on the sidewalk that uh, there was the, the chalk announcement. So... I think 1984. Yeah, all of y'all, you remember the sidewalk chalk? <laughs> That's how we, that was our social media to promote things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you just wrote things with chalk. Mm-hmm. But it, it, uh, it, it said something about, I don't really, honestly, I don't remember the words, but it was, um, me, uh, let's see, a sim, I do remember a, a healing seminar at Highland Baptist Church in Waco. Uh, and, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever. I thought a healing seminar. And I knew that the church was kind of a different kind of Baptist church. Like they lifted their hands and, you know, had big smiles on their faces, which I thought was odd. <laughs> so I said, hmm, I bet it's going to be about Jesus and, you know, praying for, the, praying for people. I wonder what that's about. I see that totally as the Lord now, that I would have any interest in that or, or that 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 would peak, like, I want to go check this out. So I show up on a, on a Monday night, and a, a, a team from California, the Vineyard Churches, which you may be familiar with the Vineyard Churches, but the team was there, and um, John Wimber was teaching, and he uh, taught out of Luke. And one thing, I, that's, you know, he was that California cool, and nothing was theatrical, nothing was inauthentic. I mean, he just was like, you know, I don't know. It was so truthful. <laughs> it was so real. So that was really um, impactful. But then um, he said, well, let's, let's pray and ask the Lord, you know, what he wants to do. And so he did that, and we all stood up, and it was kind of a circular space like this, and I was kind of like in that section where you are, Melinda. <laughs> and... Uh, and all of a sudden, I begin to feel, you know, he just asked the Holy Spirit to come in the room. And I begin to feel this uh, heat 
in my like coming from my head like all the way down my two arms I thought that and then I, it was like electrical pulses and um so I kind of I was like this and I kind of looked around because I thought is is this what's going on and I noticed that there was an, an older woman next to me or yeah pretty close that I knew was a teacher in that church um a bible teacher she was a mature woman and and she had tears coming down her face and I said oh she feels the same thing I do you know I, I think I think this is real yeah <laughs> and uh and so it was so intriguing and I thought it was like you you know someone's like you know someone's presence is there, but you don't necessarily see them. That it was that sensation. I felt like I feel like the Holy Spirit is. That, I wonder if that's the Holy Spirit. And uh, so uh, that was that. The next day, I took the calculus final, and I was due to be home uh, in Temple, but I called my mom and told a fib. It's uh, it's not a lie when it's for a good reason. It's a fib. I don't know about that, but we're going to call it a fit. So I, t- I told her, hey, I said, uh, uh, oh, I've got so much to pack up. I, I'm not going to be, I don't know when I'm getting home, probably midnight, you know, just to give myself enough time to go to this service. <laughs> she goes, well, get home before midnight. But anyway, uh, so I go to the service uh, that night, and again, it's just kind of the same thing. And at the end, they had the ministry time. Well, this time... Um, I remember uh, uh, Wimber said, the, the Lord's resting on certain people that he has a message for. And, you know, there were a lot of people that he called out, and he just asked the people around them to pray for them. And, um, and so I, I'm standing up like this, and all of a sudden I feel the heat and the energy and all that again. And uh, about the time he said, the girl in the red shirt, pray for her. And that was me. I was over in this section that night. Um, and so all I remember is there were was more than just the person I'm going to refer to, but maybe three or four people. But I, I specifically remember this one girl that prayed for me because I knew her from Baylor. And I just knew her name. She probably knew my name, but we did not know each other at all. And her name was Allison. But uh, she began to, you know, she, I think she, I remember her having her hand on my shoulder, but she, she began to pray in an unknown language. And at, in my upbringing, I had never heard uh, speaking in tongues. I'd never heard that. And so she just, she prayed in the, in the spirit, we call it, and, uh, but then she interpreted. And so the interpretation was, uh, you feel very far from God You've been asking him to show himself to you. And there's also a lot of things in your past that you regret. And the Lord wants you to know he forgives you. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Lynn says I should drink water. I'm sorry. I don't realize that I'm sounding like I have a cotton mouth. Sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, so... That was like an incredible message, right? Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is unbelievable. What is happening? I cannot believe this. And um, 
then um, at the close of the service, there was a, a general call to come forward and um, and just, if you know, like a general altar call, do you want to go forward with the Lord? What, do, what other problem do I have? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, all right. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So anyway, so I go, I go forward to answer the altar call and, um, and a, a man is standing there and he's on the team um, and he puts his shoulder on me, his shoulder, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, um, hey, I just want to um, pray for you for a minute. Is, is that okay? And I said, yeah, that's fine. And then he he just looked at me, and he looked in my eyes. And so, you know, it's like I'm making eye contact with someone. And he looked in my eyes, and, he, and then he called out uh, a, a demonic spirit. He said, in the name of Jesus, you spirit, he named the spirit, he said, come out of her. And when he did that, I, uh, I shook, you know, my... Uh, involuntarily so I can shake my hand like this right but that's not what happened I had no brain signals telling my hands to shake and my body to shake but I shook nonetheless um and then after a few seconds it was just like that whatever was there left I actually he named it and um and then um He said, you know, the Lord loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Um, You didn't need that. (laughs) And uh, and I thought, oh, my goodness, that that was like a that was like demons are real. Who would have (laughs) thunk? You know, I mean, I I can't remember what they told us in in the church. It made no sense. I mean, if they were there then, why aren't they here now? And where did they go? (laughs) Right. Right. they made an escape out of America. I don't think so. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so then um, I'm driving home that night, and and I'm thinking, okay, everything has changed. Everything has changed. Because now I know Jesus is the meaning of life. You know, everything he said, he did. He was a truth teller. This is totally an aside, but the, you know, I think my hopeful prediction, I don't know if that's right, but is that our whole political landscape changes. And, and we don't think about liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican, but we think truth teller or liar, right? And I believe, in my heart of hearts, I believe that this nation, there are enough people that want that. And that's what we pray for. And so we pray that the propaganda and and all the lies, because you know what? You just, most people just want the truth. I mean, for the citizens want the truth, right? Uh, I mean, we're just like, you know, we want to, Okay, I don't want to go there. Okay. But anyway, so we pray that 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 will be the case. But, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And it was like I knew that, okay, here it is. There's a lot of different religions, da 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 da, da but nobody or no religion could do that for me. <laughs> who would know my past? She doesn't know my past. Who, who could deliver me from a, a spirit? And, and the spirit, I could totally understand how I had that spirit, you know, the one that he named. Um, and then I shook on, you know, involuntarily. Okay, this is it. And so, um, you know, from that point on, I knew the basic things that every per- person uh, has a right to know, I believe. And that is uh, that the Lord loves them, that, that Jesus loves them, that he died for them, um, that he wants to have a relationship with them. And, and I've had many ups and many downs from, you know, since that 84, what is it, 23, <laughs> as you can imagine. And, and again, this was, you know, kind of some unusual events that didn't need to be repeated, right? And so I've had a lot of ups and downs, but I, I haven't ever veered from, well, I know the Bible's true. I don't always understand it. I, I'm not too good at, you know, following through. or I got, I got problems, okay? But I don't have that horrible problem, which is the despair of unbelief. It's a despair. It's an absolute despair. And the Lord wants to deliver us. So, uh, you know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, as a, a good Baptist, I, kn- I knew that scripture. I knew this, that scripture from the time I was six. But I couldn't. But here's the thing. Whoever believes in him should not perish. If, you, if you're in the pit of unbelief and you can't rescue yourself, what's going to happen? So that, that's, that's, I think that's where mercy really comes in. Mercy means you, you weren't trying real hard, or maybe you were trying, but you just could not bridge the gap. That's when mercy is really mercy, right? I mean, when you were really helpless. See, now I think, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I have agency. But sometimes you don't. So what are you going to do then? That's where we, in humility, we cry out to God. And I'm just, you know, I see, I'm very honored today. I have a a former student that came to church for the first time. And uh, so I love to see, uh, you know, my former students. And I taught math, so we never did broach the subject of religion, I don't think. Or maybe we did. I don't know. But... uh, what could I give to someone? You know, what's, what's someone's story? Uh, or, or what could I give to the younger generation? And that is that the message of Christianity is true. Uh, investigate it. Dig deep. And I'm saying you're probably a strong believer, Molly. You're a beautiful student. But if you do have um, doubts and, and issues and things like that, the Lord wants to help you. You know, dig deep on, on, and again, I mean, there's, there's a variety of ways to, to have, to develop that faith, right? Um, 
but always crying out to God. It's, it's uh, you know, I didn't have much to do with my natural birth. I'm, I'm glad my parents uh, went through with it. But, uh, but uh, you know, we, we really can't, oh, thank you. <laughs> we can't do a lot with our spiritual birth in the sense that, you know, we need to cry out to God to give us that gift of faith. And we can make some efforts, you know, to do the investigation and all that type of thing. But God will meet us. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> um, so one other thing. It's 11.58, so I'm going to land the plane here really soon. Um, I also experienced a physical healing that year. Uh, it was about, uh, yeah, about six months later, and I show up. I went to uh, the church service with the flu. Uh, that was before we knew it was really rude to go somewhere sick. <laughs> and horrible to do such a thing. Uh, actually, it was selfish because, I mean, I went to the service because I loved church at the time. It was my first year, of, you know, coming to Christ, and I loved the services, and even though I was sick, I just, uh, you know. But I, it, it didn't, it, huh? Oh, I, oh, yes, indeed. You were in the balcony that night, I think, with your youth. I don't know if you remember this, but I, I mean, you do because you've heard me tell it tell it, but okay, so um, I, I'm in there, and after worship, it's kind of like what Glenn did this morning. The uh, pastor gave a word of knowledge. He said someone came in here with a fever, a sore throat, all that, and if you'll swallow a couple of times, it'll go away. So I went, and it went away, and my fever broke. So I'm running around that night telling everybody, I had flu and now I don't. And they're like, what? What? They, I'm like, I, I, I promise. I promise. You know, it was just so <laughs> sensational. It was like, it was hard to believe. It was hard to believe. And obviously, I'm sure I would have recovered from the flu. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't a lifesaver. But I think it was like, I have this kind of power it's it's a mystery it's like a kind of a a mystery a, a, a spiritual romance with the Lord somebody just does things and you're just like what was that all about that was so cool um yeah um so I want to read this one other scripture can you show that uh, Acts 26 16 through 18 uh it says, now get up and stand on your feet. So uh, Jesus is, uh, is telling, is giving this message to the Apostle Paul. Paul. The Apostle Paul is recounting what Jesus told him when he was saved. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. Um, I'm sending you to them, however, <laughs> So, Sloan, keep that in mind. The Lord may send you to people that he then has to rescue you from. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, he, the Lord sent, sent Paul to uh, his own, the, the Jewish people. They were, you know, not, they were hostile. Thank you. Yes. And from the Gentiles, and also to the Gentiles. And, in fact, that was the thrust of his ministry. It was to people like us who didn't have a history of knowing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins 
and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So th- I think this is an excellent description of the, what I'm talking about, a spiritual birth. To go from to your eyes being open spiritually, darkness to light, you know, power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Beautiful. It's, I mean, that's the whole package right there. It's so good. Um, so I want to end with this uh, scripture, uh, John 1, uh, 10 through 14, because you may be saying, well, you know, how, how would this happen for someone? I've, I've mentioned, well, you, you know, you do where, wherever your objection points are, maybe address those. Uh, through reading, study, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, uh, what else can you do? Well, actually, the Bible tells us how we can be born again. And I just wanted to read this to you. It's so cool. Um, From John 1, he was in the world, he's speaking of Jesus, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. So don't feel badly if, you know, it's hard to recognize Jesus or to get things straightened out. He made the world, but there's a blindness that came on us because of our sinful nature that we inherited and a lot of other things. But um, so it says, if he came uh, or he came to that which was his own, that's the Jewish people, and his own didn't receive him. As a nation, they didn't. Many Jewish people did, but as a leadership, they didn't. Um, and Let's see. Yes, yet to all. So it says, he came to his own, his own did not receive him, but, some versions say but, yet to all who did receive him. So all is pretty inclusive. Anyone who would receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right or the authority to become a child of God. So good. So I wonder what it means to receive Christ. I think it means that you hold your hands out just as an act. I mean, there's nothing, there's no magical properties in it, but it's it's this posture of, Lord, I, w- I want to be born again. I want to know you. Could I know you? Could I know a little bit about the creator of the universe? I think of the painting with the the hand, uh, Michelangelo, and it's the hand, uh, it's like the hand of God, and he's reaching, yeah, he's reaching down to man. That's the story of the gospel. It's not us trying to figure it all out. He He already reached down to us, and that's what makes Christianity unique. It was that God came to be with us. He came to be, he... He's, he dwelt with us. In fact, it may even say that, yeah, it, it does. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, it ex- explains about being a child of God, but the word became flesh and made his tabernacle, it says, dwelling there among us. So the Logos became flesh and made his tabernacle among us. And what that means is it wasn't like so many religions that are fighting so hard, to, you know, to reach God. But he came down instead of us going, having to reach up. 
And uh, I think all over the world, my daughter's in Bali right now, and she talks about the, the most beautiful structures in that place are the, are the Buddhist temples. or the, Excuse me, the Hindu temples. I apologize. The Hindu temples there. And, uh, and I think, yeah, in all over the world, whatever the religion is, you know, they want these beautiful places where you can go meet God, right? Um, but our religion is different. Uh, it, we, we create this space because the Lord tells us to congregate together, but it's not the space, or it's, it's the communion of Jesus in you and, and Jesus in me, that fellowship together. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Praise God. Um, yeah, so receiving Christ, that doesn't sound too hard or too like, you know, like running a marathon or something. To, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right or the authority to make it. There's our birth, right, children? I think we're all God's creation, but we're not all his children. Every human being is made in the image of God, but we become children through the spiritual rebirth that God's provided for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.